right, here we go. Podcasting time. It is PowerWorks with Glenn Power from PowerWorks Automotive. And we are here in the storage locker at PowerWorks. Yeah. Doing this. Possibly the most dangerous (laughs) recording we've ever done. I mean, we're sitting around racks and racks of Borgenbeck parts. Yep. I've got Total Oil transmission fluid from Volvo. I, I, the, the helix if I need to grab a bottle like that when I leave. Uh, <laughs> you don't want that in the Jeep. <laughs> this is fantastic. This is we're we're at the shop and yeah. we're gonna be we're talking cars as we always do. What's going on? We're gonna talk about what's going on in the shop. And but the goal of the program, as always is to keep you informed, educated, and entertained when it comes to what you're driving, what you want to drive, what other people are driving. Because uh, the, the one I love, and this is actually, you must experience this, is there's a lot of people carpooling to get to work. Yep. And you got the driver who, who may or may not know anything about his vehicle. And then you got the passenger seat mechanics <laughs> who've got all the advice on everything. And I love the one. This is this is a cool one. I see this all the time. Is when you're entering or leaving exits anywhere in the world, you you might have speed humps, little indicators to let you know what's going on. You yeah. might have reflectors on the road for night, and you hit these things. And you might hit them if you hit them at the right angle and the right at the right exact moment. You you can cause some some problems to your vehicles. And I always see at least once a week someone who's gotten on or off an exit, pulled over to the side, walking around their car, trying to figure out what's that new noise I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new vibration, and I just hit something. What is that? And they're walking around doing a visual check. And it's like, oh. Well, those people are in the car with you right now. We're going to try and, and give you a little bit more information so that when that funny thing starts happening, you can at least have an educated ability to assess what's going on when and, until you get it to the garage yep. to let the professionals do the work. We've got a car in. I was just looking there. It's not actually in the garage at the minute, but we've got a car with us at the moment that there's a little bit of a noise on it. We uh-huh. ported some suspension work on the last service, and the customer was like, yeah, we'll, we'll just keep an eye on the tyres and we'll leave it. And uh, he said, but if my wife notices a noise, she's going to tell me it needs fixing. Let's see how it goes. She noticed the noise. She said, oh, it's fine. Yeah. He explained. Yeah. yeah, no problem. We'll leave it. His wife borrowed someone else's car, which oh, was yeah. the same as their car to go to school, and said, their car's so much better than mine. <laughs> which is the same model. Yeah, same their year? The same year, the whole thing? Pretty, well, okay. Much of a muchness, but he's like, oh, that, that drives much better than my car. And then gets in their car and says, I can't drive that again now. Really? So this is what happens, right? We we do it all the time. We get bearings and tires and stuff that's noisy on cars, but because it happens, especially with tires and bearings, it happens gradually. Yeah. You don't notice it if you're driving 30, 40, 50 kilometers every single day until you get in a car that doesn't have that noise and you think, it's so quiet in this yeah, car. Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. It's, I always find it amazing just changing tire brands or sticking with the same brand but yeah. changing to a different model of tire can totally change your ride. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's um, certain tires that we won't use. Probably not a good idea to mention brand names, but there are well-known brand names that yeah. we don't use on certain cars that we will say to customers, do not use that well, tire. Look, I, I drive a Wrangler. You buy a Wrangler, you get a set of tires that come stock. Good luck trying to ever replace those. But yeah. I, you don't want those tires. I mean, look, they're great tires. Don't get me wrong. You're going to go off-road. They're fun. Yeah. They are so noisy. 
you're driving that thing, it feels like you're driving a tank yep. with the amount of noise that you're getting. Yep. Who wants that? Some people. Yeah. <laughs> How many times you've been on the road and like, is there a plane landed? No. It's a Wrangler that's 19 foot taller than it was when it left the showroom. That's not ever seen a sand dune in its life. Yeah. We, we wanted to talk uh, a couple sessions ago about the, and you, you had seen it, you'd watched it, the Bronco versus the Wrangler yeah. test off. And, and I instantly I had a complaint that the Broncos that they're testing against these Wranglers are not at all the same price point. Mm. But I, I, and the reason I just, just came to mind when you're talking tires and you're talking lift and, and stuff is I saw a brand new Bronco getting on to the highway the other day, which I thought was a Wrangler at first. I mean, and I was driving the Wrangler right. and I thought it was a Wrangler until I got in front of it. Cause I mean, it, 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 they did everything to make it look like a Wrangler, which made me think, why not just buy a Wrangler if you want it to be looking like a Wrangler? I get to the front and I realize after I passed it, because I couldn't see any badge work or anything on the back. I passed the thing and I'm looking back and go, oh, that's a Bronco. And I'm looking at the way they've, they've d- juiced up the suspension and I'm watching the guy drive and he's having trouble. Like it, it is not an easy turn. It's nothing about it said comfort anymore. They'd taken a decent ride, done all sorts of yep. monkey business to it, and ruined the whole on-road driving experience. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, look, if you if you're sufficiently wealthy enough, shall we say, to to have a vehicle like that just to use off-road at the weekend, maybe even trailer it to the side of the <laughs> off-road. <laughs> area that you're going to explore then great why well, yeah. i i yeah we we get them in i mean that that old cherokee there yeah we're looking so we, we've got a window in here we're we're literally in a storage locker we've got a window looking out over the shop and and literally glenn is pointing to this sand brown cherokee this is old model this is yeah yeah this is what at least 10 years old she's a beauty yeah she's like 20 years old yeah is it, 20? Is it 20 years old but she it, this <laughs> this thing has been like Played around with them, uh-huh. then played around with again, and then played around with again, and there's just like the springs on there don't really fit, and it it's just not something you can drive on the road. Like in the sand, off road, you don't need necessarily too much steering feel because the tires are going to slip on the sand yeah. anyway. But it's disconcerting to say the least on the road when you drive it. There's so much steering play; it's so disconnected from what you're doing as a driver to what's actually happening at the wheels. I think there's there's two lessons here. First, and the, the first one is, think long and hard about the modifications you do to yeah. any vehicle because they the, the vehicle comes from the factory set up to work. It's well, not, yeah. It's not coming from the factory with, okay, it's, it's kind of working, but now you're going to have to you know mess around with it to really make it a great vehicle. You're, you're not going in and changing out the stuff you're buying on a regular car. You, you buy it, you keep it, and away you go. Maybe change the tires. Maybe change your shocks. That's about it. Dampers, as you like to call them. Yes. Well, we, we prefer to speak English. <laughs> I think of the damper as that thing in my f- in the flue of a fireplace. The fire fire yeah, damper. Like damper. Yeah, yeah damper. Yeah, that's right. So when I think that anyway. Yeah. But so as soon as you start changing stuff, and look, how how many of us aspire with whatever vehicle we buy to you know maybe raise a. They don't bit. truly make an off road vehicle anymore, do they? No. No, well, everything's a compromise. Yeah, like the, the, I, I don't it's got to be able to do the road. It's got to be able to do a little bit of, of this, and yeah. we want a little bit more of one or the other. And as soon as you start doing that, think long and hard because now you're changing braking, you're changing turning circle, 
you're changing height, which then has an implication with airflow. One thing that I would do if I was making a car. All right, here we go. Here we go. Glenn Power. I'm open to... PowerWorks Automotive. I'm open to investment. Listen every... So whatever you're doing, you're you're driving, you're walking, you're working in the factory, you're an automotive expert, you're you're an automotive engineer. Listen now. Prepare to get this on the billboard. So when people modify cars, what do they do? They modify them for off-road, yeah. or they modify them to make them go faster, or to look like they could go faster. They never modify them to be more comfortable. Who's ever modified there a we car go. to be more comfortable? There we go. So forget the comfort then. All manufacturers, forget comfort. Or have your comfortable cars. Audi, make your A6s, make your A8s, Q7s. But give us back a Quattro, oh, a man. proper Quattro. Give us back one of those. Even put an electric en- uh, electric motor in it if you have to. Just, just give us back something that's <laughs> mental. And then nobody needs to worry about making their uh, Q7 yeah. capable of doing a, a f- Swedish rally stage. They can just go and buy a Quattro. But, but, you know, here, here, I want to go back to the comfort thing for a second. Because this, this drives me nuts. Is I go and buy a, a decent value car. Yeah. You know, something like 25, 30,000 dirhams. That's, which is to me a lot of money. Yeah, I go buy one of these these nice little cars. Why do they have to put these foam seats in them that are so uncomfortable? When it's not going to cost them a whole bunch more to put a little bit better foam in that chair. I like the idea of. Do you know everybody's sort of elderly relatives, or even not so old, but just been in the same house for a while. They've got a chair, yeah. particularly the dads and the granddads. They've got yeah. a chair, yeah, and it's worn out, and it's like <laughs> concaved. You have to hoover it out because they've been eating mince pies or whatever in it, you know. And in certain certain places, biryani is yeah, down the yeah, back. This yeah, like cigarette ash and stuff. <laughs> well, what about you can buy your vehicle, but then you can choose the seat, not just the s- trim, yeah. not just the style, not just the stitching. You can choose your seat, and if From you the want factory, a, factory, if you want a barker lounger in there, we'll make a barker lounger that will be perfectly safe on the road, yeah. and it will pass all the end, end cap tests, and it will be so that's what I want. with airbags. That's exactly and then when you trade your car in, you take the seat, take the seat out, and put it in there. So then you've got a brand new. So like twenty forty five comes around. James has finally bought himself a new Wrangler, but he's got his <laughs> seat that he had forty <laughs> years ago. That's what I want, I want the bench seat. I, and in fact, I was driving the other day, and we were having a discussion about, you know, do you drive it, ran- do you drive it rodeo style? And everyone knows the rodeo <laughs> style. You got one hand in the the top of the the steering wheel, and 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 that got me then talking about steering wheels because I was going, you know, I'll get the rounded steering wheel, which is nice. But if I had a square steering wheel, kind of like a Peugeot, then hands on the top, it's perfect for rodeo driving, which I never drive rodeo style. I don't, and I see people doing it, but and then when I people pass me driving rodeo, I kind of think, oh, I'm gonna try driving rodeo. <laughs> And I, I just don't understand how they do it. I, it's, I don't find it comfortable. Yep. But, you know, I'm like two hands on the wheel, 10 and 2. I was trained. I took driving lessons, 10 and 2, keep two hands on the wheel. Yeah. And, then, and then every time I take one hand off, I hear Glenn in the background, you got a tire blow up. You yeah. lose control of that car, buddy. It's like both hands back on the wheel. Cause, right? Cause yeah, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not an advanced driving instructor. So don't please take. Well, that's not even advanced. That's, that's beginner, you know. Well, yeah, you're the mechanic. Yeah, but you, you're talking from the perspective of if you get a tire blow it and suddenly yeah, yeah. your steering goes crazy for a second, you got one hand on it, you know, and you're driving rodeo. Maybe your ha- other hand goes up in the air. Woohoo! Like <laughs> oh, you'll be woohooing, all right. <laughs> yeah, but you know, 
where was I going with that? You were talking about seats. You wanted oh, a bench seat. That's right. So go on. <laughs> Thank you very much for collecting it. Right. So, keeping notes on the keep, notes. Gotta give you. <laughs> I, I remember the good old days with pickup trucks, which they don't do it anymore because everyone's got bucket seats. I guess they're safer. And you used to be able to get your, your Chev or your Ford or your Chrysler or your, you know, you're driving your Fargo. I don't know. People are driving in the UK. But it was a large bench seat seat where you could get four people sitting across none of that in the uk the uk didn't make a car big enough (laughs) okay so So, and the beauty of the bench seat was you could have your you know your loved one sitting beside you and you know you're you're with your wife you could have your arm around your wife and you're driving rodeo but you could you know you're you could be cuddled up it's cold and they could be right up beside you and that was nothing better than those days now you got a a cooler in the middle and yeah console an armrest (laughs) underneath (laughs) it's got a cool box which has got a really noisy fan yeah something else to break i don't know why they don't have a heater box there too so i can put my swanson dinner in there and you know i I don't get it they got the cooler why not the heater in there a little little microwave a a little kitchen station especially in the minivans what i mean i don't understand why they don't do that the problem is you go and get a rental and the previous person been taking you know making uh, taking advantage of the heater option and they've just been heating fish and broccoli up then you've got a serious problem. Well, you, could, you can't need ozone treatment just to get rid of the smell. Ventilation, come Stinking on. Stinking it out. <laughs> or they've left it in there. Oh, yeah. The spillage. Oh. Person's got a, good. got a cod stew. No, it's not good. Sherry stew. I don't know about cooking while driving. Think camper no, van, no, stop the car. But, but don't you think, all these folks who are heading home and that, I still, I still stand by it. At your service stations, you, you've got some homemade yet heat up meals and you got a place in your car where you can put that that dish in so yep. that by the time you get home it's warm and ready to eat you walk in the door you sit down at the table with the family and you've got you know the casserole there but you, want, well, you got to get it get it to be warm yeah, yeah ready so to it's, eat it's got to be not, a warm not thing. dangerous yeah I'm, I'm so what you got to get to like 80 degrees celsius yeah. I, th- I think that can be done that, that's that's a severe danger you think yeah i think i think there are people that have done it I think it's dangerous. If you've got a warm drink and you have a rear heater, <laughs> some of the cars have where your cup holders go, the heater pipes on the coolant, right. the refrigerant pipes for the rear. If it's got a separate AC unit for a cool box or a rear AC, sometimes the heater pipes will go yeah. underneath there. You'll get warm cup holders. And the ones on the top of the dashboard on the Passats and some of the vans, so the T6, they've got a cup holder on the oh, top of the dash. Really? Which is right on top of the air vent. So it keeps everything nice. So if you've got the, the air on hot, then... Keeps it hot. Keeps it warm, yeah. Yeah, not nice. Yeah. But I'm not sure about cooking. I mean, well, we just uh, well, got, we got to reimagine. Just wrap some salmon up in some foil <laughs> and just put it on the uh, <laughs> top of the engine. Strap well, it on there and you know, drive home. You know what Joey Wu does with his his bacon sandwiches? Is he? And of course, it's halal. <laughs> he he sticks them on the vents on the top on, when he's driving. So because you know it's pretty much freezing cold where he is now always got the heater so, so he's got the heater on he's got the defroster on and he's got the sandwich over there and under the defroster wonder about um the defogger on the back the heater elements in screens wonder if they would be sufficient enough here's an interesting one i've never seen this before now i clearly haven't been paying attention because this is not new range rover discovery new model which i'm not in love with i know you're saying the same thing it's like yeah but I was looking at the rear window de-icers, which yeah, yeah. zero use for them here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I know. so but I'm looking at these, going, "That's something you could have just left off the car yeah. at this point." That would that would have taken the price down a few hundred dirhams easily. Yeah. 
I'm looking at it. And typically, like in my vehicle and others, they, they all just go straight across. The Discovery, circular. Followed the exact radius of the windshield wiper on the back, yeah. which was a full sizer. And I thought, yeah. the rest of the car, okay, I, you know, I, I, it's not my favorite. It's not something that, that makes me giddy. But I thought that was good design. Yeah, I mean, you see it on, on some of the some of the cars where the wiper will sit. They'll have more surface area of the heater element to yeah. stop the wiper blade freezing onto it um, or to allow it to thaw out quicker. But, you know, let's be honest. <laughs> like you say here, <laughs> perfectly, perfectly good opportunity for, for, for Land Rover to be like, right, on pre-purchase inspection, take those screens out We'll take them back for stock. Yeah. And here's a plain screen. It's yeah. cheaper. And then we don't have to make any new ones for the ones that break in the rest of the, in yeah. the Northern Hemisphere where it gets yeah. a lot colder in the winter. I don't understand. I mean, and this is all manufacturers. There's, there's no reason for that here. Like truly. I mean, I, I, I know I've put mine on twice, three times. I can count it. I've never, never, never done it. I mean, it's, it's, it's silly, but yeah. what can you do? But it's, I guess it's just it's probably just cheaper than to just make one type of screen yeah. or to have one type of screen. Yeah, it's coming out of the factory. That's not one of the things they change out. Although maybe it's just la- maybe it's just lazy as well. That's the other side I'm thinking, because so many things with vehicles, when you think about them and how they're they're all coming together, one of the things that we start to see happening all the time is specifications change. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're getting all the specifications changing and you're getting different mufflers and, and stuff like that, why aren't they replacing those black back screens? And even putting, they, they you know, they've got seven, eight, nine rows of of heating coil on there when maybe they only need one. Yeah, two. I mean, not so much in the rear windows now, really. Some cars still, but the rear quarters and the front windscreens have the antennas now for, yeah. for, for your in-car entertainment and and everything else but rear windows just don't change there's uh. there's literally like one company just yeah. been making <laughs> just been making heated rear screens <laughs> and the guy's is. sat there now listening in his factory <laughs> being like what are these guys doing yeah said, guys, putting me out of business <laughs> shut exactly. up <laughs> exactly <laughs> so no i think it's it's um it's very useful in the uk yeah. you know for six oh, months it, of the year it's on pretty much every well. morning yeah because if it's not frozen, it's it's foggy, <laughs> yeah, and exactly. it's, it's misted up, so yeah. it's the best way to deal with it. Um, but I d- yeah, I mean, it's it is interesting how how those designs come about. Like some thoughts gone into it over something that we all take for co- well for granted. We, we especially since we don't use them here. Yeah, but even in the rest of the world where you do use them, you take it for granted. You know, I'd like them to make them in in have little messages in <laughs> so when when you turn it on in the morning yeah, but yeah. you don't know what the message is yeah, i'm yeah. sure you could there's some sort of nanotechnology that could yeah. allow them to rearrange themselves yeah just have little messages in so you know well we kept walking past the tesla model 3 that was in the other day and every time we got near it it like flashed at us and the big c came up on the on the screen inside and told us it was in high alert for um invaders or whatever yeah, they wanted yeah. to tell us so all cars are connected all the time yeah you could have that you know car here's you having an argument with your wife yeah. or one of your kids <laughs> in the morning you turn your d def- <laughs> your d mister on for the rear window and and it just has a little message on there just like, like the, chill out man the magic eight ball 
It's a magic eight ball for the car. This so the button to turn it on could be a picture of an eight ball. Yeah. You never know what you're you going to get. That's a gimmick. To there we go. <laughs> if you ever need a gimmick, so that will be on the next Nissan. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, not Nissan, but I want to talk Toyota for just a second. And it's you'll see that I've I've thrown this into the notes. The yeah, the Innova, which is it. very popular in, in the next ridiculous. <laughs> it's very popular mm. if you go to Indonesia and and places like that. And it's it's a what do they call it? The, the executive business carrier. That's what that's what I've, I'm seeing the title of that here. It's an executive business carrier, carrier, the Innova 2020, and it's it's essentially a, a small SUV, but really not an SUV. It's it's you know what? It's not an SUV. It's a small van. That's what it is. S U C K. It sucks. <laughs> what a car. Hey, easy. I was behind one today. It was a taxi, but I was behind one. So I spent quite a while taking a look at it, and I got to say, form factor. I've driven one of these things before. It 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 is what you it is what it is. They're not expensive. Here you're looking at about ninety seven thousand dirhams for a, a, a pretty nice equipped model, seven or eight seat. They call it a, a, an MPV. It's, it's an MPV, six speed automatic, two point seven liter four-cylinder engine six speeds yeah, as i well, said the, the mpv is maximum pollution vehicle Th- those to- toyotas especially i mean the old ones had that 2.7 thing in yeah hold on hold on with this thing with the innova your dreams come true <laughs> right <laughs> so how's that <laughs> and and here's the best one I just went to the trim. Oh, there's no, they don't tell you why. No, because it's it's amazing. But I went to the trim. <laughs> I went, for, so it starts at 97. I went to the trim model thing. There's just one. This is it. You, you get what you get. Drab. No, it's not bad. But you know what I liked about it as I was looking at it? And, of course, you can put the little wing on and maybe get the black. It looks kind of nasty. You know, as in, get out of my way. But I was looking at it. I was looking at this MPV this morning. I was driving behind. It was filled with seven people. So I'm, yeah, I know, but I'm, so I'm behind this thing and I'm watching it corner. I'm watching it turn. I'm just, I'm watching it at the lights and it turned, it cornered well. It, you know, it didn't have that leaning over. looks like it's going to topple over kind of thing. The, there were two guys sitting in the very back seats that were. Seven people weighing it down. They, that's uh, well, that's the thing. I was looking at this and I was counting. So there were seven people in it. This thing was weighed down. The back suspension was beautiful. It was still, oh. it didn't look like they were carrying, like these guys were, these guys were heavy hitters. Well, yeah, it was probably the Tory party cabinet. <laughs> Social distancing. So, so I was impressed as an MPV. You know, I don't know where if you had any luggage where you'd put it. That's the only, that's the only problem. But with all these MPVs, where do you put luggage? Well, you don't. Yeah. What do you need luggage for? Yeah. If you if you're accepting the fact that you are going to drive an MPV that is a t- <laughs> an Innova, you have given up. You don't need luggage because you're going nowhere. I, I, you know, it's it's interesting when I'm looking at the MPV. It reminds me of a Previa inside, just smaller. And it's they got this cool feature because you've got your the the, the passenger and the driver, of course, have air conditioning on the dash. Those sitting in the back, they've got roof air conditioning. And, and behind the roof air conditioning units, mood lighting. That's pretty awesome. Mood lighting. Space design, they call what it. What mood? It's, it's, it's beautiful mood. Bored. <laughs> what don't you like about it? Like, maybe, really? I don't like it. I, you know what? I can look. I'm looking at that now, and I'm thinking to myself, when you close the door, 
it's going to f- sound like one of the uh, windows are falling out. It's it's going to scream and rattle on the road. I don't I don't think it's going to rattle. Yeah. I I think it's it, it's not an expensive car, so you're not going to get you know the Mercedes Benz. I just spent four hundred thousand Durham's. You're well, going to tent like no. <laughs> I you know what I, I like about this car. Easy to get around with. So if I'm driving in the city, easy to get into parking spots with because they seem to have made them narrower. It's it's a great price point, so I'm not going to feel really bad when I get a, a little bit of a ding on it and I've got to get the ding off the, the door from someone who's opened it up because they're in their too large of a car and they've angle parked into a straight parking parking spot, that, that person we've seen over and over. I, I just think this is great if i got to get my kids to school. It's, it's, I mean... If I was a delivery guy. Yeah, but... Like what? Tried and true. It's Toyota. It's tried and true. The Mega Cruiser. Yeah, they've they've put all the technology of and thought from, of the from, Mega from, Cruiser from into the Innova. Thirty years ago, that's the problem. <laughs> Th- those cars were designed well then. They well <laughs> then they were actually probably out of date then. But that's the problem. They, they see, it's cars like this, right? Cars like this, and and cars like the Pajero. And there's nothing I can say about the reliability of a Toyota, a Mitsubishi, at all, because they are fantastically reliable and I don't dislike them because I don't make any money out of fixing them because they never break that's not the case but it's cars like this that have caused us to have to suffer this ridiculously overly quick change to electric vehicles because they have polluted the place they've been so far behind with emissions regulations for so long now yeah well that's that's when we talk about why we see this sudden real surge and it's trying to create this much greener environment and cut back on the pollution. The challenge is we've, we've made cars more affordable and we've made the entry point into it easier. Yeah. So we, we've, we've done ourselves our own damage, but I, we, we've had this discussion and, and you, you actually sent me a, a link talking about cobalt, which is kind of an interesting yeah, I mean, thing. We have, we have enthralling. WhatsApp chats, but it actually wasn't. There was there well, was so many. I, there was a really good one in the New York Times, but I just couldn't bring myself to subscribe to read it all. I, I get that problem as well, and I'm a media guy. The paywalls yeah. kill me after a while. It's like you know. But the thing I got to say, this is actually a really good thing. Right now, the New York Times, one dollar for a month. Yeah, I saw that. One dollar a month, yeah. and, and you get all their electronics. It's always stuff. good stuff. So and and you know, but did I buy it? No. But, <laughs> but did I think about it? Yeah. Yeah. Did I buy it? No. But I, I probably should because and that's how the New York Times, uh, all the news that fits is fit to print is their motto. That's how they make all their money now. It's it's all off electronic. Yeah, and, well, and they, you know. Who wants a newspaper in yeah. anymore? Which is a shame, really. But yeah. So, Innova, we, we need to go give one a drive, but I, I'm, I'm excited by it. You're not so excited by it. Right, okay. I'll do your deal. Yeah. You trade the Wrangler in for one. And, um, I get two Wranglers. I'll... Which one? Well, <laughs> you choose. No, it's, it's okay, here's so the problem. The wife, dri- the wife drives a hard top. <laughs> it, it might be an all-out brawl in our yard if I say, well, we're changing the four-door yeah, for the Innova. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> Sophie's choice. <laughs> and when you do trade the wife's in and you drive home in the Innova <laughs> and she calls you and says, what are you, a taxi? <laughs> Then it'll all have been worth it. <laughs> but for twenty thousand more, you 
could go and get yourself a Terramon, which will also get seven people in, and it has better tech, and it's not as polluting, and whilst it's not the best VW we've ever made, it's better than that. You know, this is we're getting back to the cobalt. Don't worry if you're if you're hanging on the cobalt story. Don't worry because this is you <laughs> need to. In fact, at this moment, you need to be starting thinking about investing in in uh, minerals and resources because cobalt mm-hmm. is what you've already missed the boat. But maybe you can get in on it because there are some startups that are are going to help you. But I want to just go back to this whole polluting car thing. This is why Mitsubishi stopped with with the Pajeros, and why Mitsubishi seems to be really rethinking their automotive industry, their consumer automotive industry, I think it's just because they're, they've milked and, and you know, the, the Mitsubishi guys will come back and they'll have a different, different take on that. I look forward to talking to them. But they, they've milked this era of the internal combustion engine without doing a whole real revamp well, of those engines. And now they're, they're going, you know what, we're, we're not into it. What, what they did was they, they, they sold a ridiculously reliable car, which was very well priced. More than fairly pr- priced, actually, with zero R and D and zero improvements for twenty years. Yeah. So it, it cost them nothing. It must have paid for itself after the first five years, and then after that, they've just, every single one's just been pure profit. Yeah, they they changed the the body panels a little bit, but nothing on the chassis changed. Yeah, and what happened with that change was that the old one, someone had an accident <laughs> in one, slight little shun, so that looks all right. We'll make it look like that. <laughs> They put a black stripe on the yeah. back in like 2010 or whenever it was, and then then they painted the roof and the mirrors oh, black in the yeah. end for the signature the edition. The signature edition with the red seating. Oh, yeah, what? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I mean, I, there, maybe there is a part of me that doesn't like them because of because I you know I don't appreciate them for what they are there because they don't. They don't do anything. When when I look at one or drive one, they don't make me think of anything other than nothing. Yeah. It's just like, mm. it's the kind of car that... It's, it's, it's you an know affordable the, off-roader. It, that's what it is. And, and yeah, that but you, they, they don't have enough... Pa- the Pajero has no power. <laughs> so you get if you get that stuck and then decide to lock it, it's got no power to get overdrive the diff lock and the four-wheel drive system to get you out of anything. Me and DJ know that to our, our cost. <laughs> but we... we it's the kind of car that you drive it and you get home and say to your wife when you walk in or your kids, I don't actually remember getting home. <laughs> I remember leaving work and I don't remember the drive. You know when you just zoned out? Yeah. yeah. Nothing. I, nothing I to it. Yeah. They were shocking on fuel economy. Yeah. Really, yeah. really bad, those cars. Really, really, really bad to the point where it's embarrassing and I can't... Well, I know why they only sell the diesel one in the UK. I, I cannot understand in what world is that... That hasn't been acceptable. The kind of fuel economy and emissions coming out of those cars has not been acceptable for me for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like I say, I've got to put my hands up and say I, you know, I took advantage of it because I needed to, uh, you know, and, and needs must, and that's probably the case for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, it's not necessarily an aspirational car. For that kind of money, there are better cars that if you aspire to own a certain car, there are better cars yeah. for that kind of money yeah, that yeah. you would probably expect people to aspire to but if you need a brand new car they were the car to go for for a long time yeah absolutely and they were, they were definitely the, the the price difference between a Prado and a Pajero so the Toyota and Mitsubishi options at the same sort of size it, it just wasn't justified that, yeah. that Toyota is what another hundred thousand more expensive yeah, yeah. than that absolutely absolutely not it's worth it well there we go so we'll we'll see what happens with all these 
see where it all, you know. Yeah, well, they've put us in the place now where everyone's rushing around digging parts of the world up. Well, and as we've said before, it's always em- impoverished parts of the world. Yeah. Well, this this is the cobalt, and this is this is sort of the side issue when we start talking about electric vehicles because electric vehicles need batteries, and until they come up with the next gen of battery that isn't using natural resources to help create the the process of storage of electricity, and our current batteries need the mineral cobalt. Yeah, Cobalt is a mined resource. Yeah. So now, if you're looking at all of the things, and it's a, it, it, it's a resource that is scarce, yeah. because you can't find it everywhere. It's finite. Yeah, it's finite. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's worrying not just... I mean, one of the things in the... I can't find it, but one of the things in the article I liked was, and this is just a little bit kind of lighthearted part of it, and there's not much else that is, is that the exposure to cobalt is actually beneficial in small doses. So it's it's a, cons- a constituent of um, vitamin B12, and, you know, it's relatively okay to take small doses of it but if you're going to a mine for 10 and 12 15 hours a day you know in 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 working with it that isn't good and and they've known about that since the 60s because it was in canada and there was a brewery that started putting cobalt in their brew to make sure that it had a good head yeah i think it, i forget which one i think i sent you this one um and then the bit that made me laugh was there was a surge of fatal heart attacks among heavy drinkers. Well, <laughs> nothing to do with heavy drinking, <laughs> but it had spiked compared to yeah. previous times when they weren't using cobalt. And I just, you know, so for for sixty years, we've known in the in the Western world, we've known cobalt in high doses isn't good for us, and then the Western world has gone to Cuba. Democratic Republic of Congo, some other places in the world where where it's not everywhere in the world has this resource, you know. Yeah. Well, um, two thirds, and this is uh, I've posted it up, and we'll post the link up to the New York Times article. Two thirds of the world's cobalt production is coming from the Congo, and yeah. so they're taking center stage. I've just found it here. It's Zambia as well. So yeah. Democratic Republic of Congo, Zambia, and Cuba. So none of those nations are fortunate like us. No. In the Western developed world, and we've gone over there knowing about what this does to that, what this does to the human body, and put people to work by hand. With I mean, the pictures you see, the pictures you see, are not stock photos. They are pictures taken and captioned. There's one here: a woman and child break rocks at a cobalt pit. By hand, with no, no, they've not got, they've not got gloves, masks, nothing on. And that's for, that's for billionaires to put in batteries. I'm, I'm looking at the where clean energy metals are produced: copper, Chile, Peru, China, nickel, Indonesia, Philippines, Russia, cobalt, Democrat, Democratic Republic of the Congo, Russia, and Australia. Russia and Australia, just a little bit. Rare earths: China, bit of the U.S., Myanmar. And then lithium, Australia, Chile, and China. Australia should know better, but they Australia have this problem with coal at the minute as well. Oh man, see that's they're, the whole they're, thing. They're, they're so so resistant to get rid of their dependence on yeah. on fossil fuel mining, and and it's 
it's it's ridiculous. The you know the other problem is then where are all these rare metals processed? And this is you know we're we're worried about all sorts of things. China, 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 lithium, rare earths, cobalt, nickel, and copper all being processed 40% or more, except for nickel, which is just under 40%, 40% or more, China. So they're they're doing the processing. Poor Chinese guys who are now being exposed to all sorts of, of toxins in the process of processing these minerals to make the batteries that are going to make our cars work. And it's uh, kind of like... Second, guys, have we have we really thought this through? And Where are we going? We're not going forward, are we? No. And the the one that the worst thing that gets me when we start thinking about our electric cars, and again, it's batteries, and and don't forget, it's not just cars, it's our mobile phones. It's what are we doing with all those batteries that we're putting into the the things that we're buying? We've got road mics on us for our video. Everyone's seeing the back of my head here. <laughs> Hold on, just turn around. Hi. <laughs> but but you know they've got batteries in them. And then what do you do when it doesn't work anymore? You, you toss it. You're not going to EnviroServe and, and you know, getting the boys over there to rip it apart and make it work so that we can put all the elements back where they belong. It's crazy. It's crazy. No, no. It's, 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 we, 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 out of sight, out of mind. We, exactly. And we're going forward on, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, the cars aren't producing any pollution on the road now. Look how uh, great that is. But there's, there's, there's we're we just offsetting it. Yeah. We, we know, we're... we're we're borrowing money to pay a debt. Yeah. That's all we're doing. I don't, I'm not some sort of weird <laughs> sort of, you know. Hey, you want people driving cars because whether it's yeah. electric or not, yeah. they're going to have to uh, fix the suspension. Uh, they're going to have to fix the electronics. I'm not an activist or anything like that, but just be on some sort friend. of common sense, right? Yeah. So just reading this article in The Guardian, which is titled, how this was the one that had the, the anecdote about the Canadian brewery. So how the race for cobalt risk turning it from miracle metal to deadly chemical. And there's a section here that says, another paper said, extended blood concentrations of more than 700, I assume, micrograms led to heart problems and impaired eyesight and hearing. And it considered pregnant women at the highest risk. <laughs> yeah, all right. Great. Excellent. So do this generation and the next then in one go. Yeah. Like, and and it also it also it says here high concentrations of cobalt have been linked to the death of crops and worms that are vital for soil fertility. What's the source for this? This is on the Guardian newspaper. There'll be sources at the bottom, but it's a real big article. Yeah. So go, just go Google Cobalt Guardian. Yeah, I actually just Google Cobalt and look through, and it and then the first article that came up was the Guardian. Yeah. So, but I I got them on my Flipboard feed and I just forwarded you that and then there's another one um, which the other one was talking about diplomatic and ultimately military tensions that not could but probably will arise absolutely because of it I mean it's a scarce metal and and lots and lots of people make lots and lots of money out of fossil fuels at the minute they're not going to be able to do that forever and they've known this I I got told that when I was 10 by my school teacher yeah Explaining to us that ah, there's anywhere between thirty and a hundred years left of, of of oil, you know, depending on if we find new oil wells and all this stuff. Well, that that was twenty five years ago, mm. so we're we're it's running out, and and nobody seems to be wanting to say what they're going to do about that. Um, we need to get we need to just 
you need to figure something out and figure it out quick. It's got to be sustainable. Yeah. And I think a like the, the the focus in internal combustion for the previous ten years before two thousand and six, seven, even even after that, I guess, was just make the internal combustion engine more efficient. Yeah. You know, we, we, we had were along that. We were we were doing pretty good at that. Yeah, we had like I remember that we, we had a, a one point two turbo diesel uh, lupo that we used to sell in the UK. And we called it the 3L. It was called the 3L because it would use three litres of fuel for 100 miles of driving. That's pretty good. So, that's not bad, is it? No. So, and nobody's saying producing internal combustion vehicles isn't dangerous and it's yeah. not polluting, because of course it is. Producing anything is. Um, but the, the worry here is, and, and I may be missing something, but it doesn't seem to be the case. The worry here is that we're doing it so fast. Yeah. With zero thought for the repercussions of it. I, I am still waiting to read what happens to the batteries that need to be swapped no. out when they, because we know batteries don't live forever. What's going to happen to those batteries? How are they being disposed what of? What about the rest of the car? Do you, I yeah. mean, do, do, does anybody yeah. actually, well, there are Teslas now, 10 years old. There are. Yeah. So, they must have had batteries replaced, and there'll be ones that failed under warranty, yeah. and et cetera, et cetera, and ones that have failed because of an accident. But are people paying, what, $25,000, for a new battery? Well, I, I did a show a while back with the guys from Emotorod that do electric bikes. And I got to get in touch with them, because that's, that, that's always an area that fails on, you know, that they've had warranty recalls. It's for the batteries. And so they swap them out. But what do they do with the ones they swapped out? <laughs> and I never, you know, I'm thinking about that. I didn't ask that question. Well, like, what do you do with them? What's your plan? What's your environmental plan? And, you know, we let, let's be honest. We've, we've not done a good job with our internal combustion engine vehicles. When they're done, what do we do with them? How, what, you know, because they're full of toxins. It's just like these boats, the, you know, the ghost boats yep. that they sail into India and then they strip them apart and... There's, there's asbestos, there's the wiring, there's the, the reactions that have happened within the, 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 the rubbers and stuff. What do you do with all that stuff? And yeah. what do we do with it now? Well, typically we crush them and we use them for stuff, but really they're just sitting there polluting. And we don't seem to have a clear, concise plan. At least I'm not hearing it. I'm not seeing it. No one's talking about it because if someone was doing it, they'd be holding up, hey, we're doing it. Saying, okay, your car's dead. We're now going to take it back to like like the go the guys over at EnviroServe here in Dubai. What they do with electronics. We're going to take all those parts apart. We're going to recycle all the metals. We're going to recycle the wires. We're going to get the gold out of this, that, and the other thing. And we're gonna we're gonna make this an environmentally friendly disposal. Yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, nobody's saying they're doing it because nobody can do it. Yeah. Nobody can do it. Even Volvo's not doing it. Like, and I love the Volvo guys. But I've, I've done with Volvox. They, they they said this, that, and the other about internal combustion and then, then put a deal together with the Chinese manufacturer to make internal combustion engines yeah. just under a different name, which is, you know, whatever, Sneaky. guys. Sneaky. But, I mean, th- th- just, just to go back to this article from The Guardian, there's a couple of things here that are alarming. It says, in Cuba, which is the third biggest cobalt reserve known on the planet, satellite analysis of the open cast, so they're all open cast, these mines, um, nickel and cobalt mine at Moa in the Holguin province shows 
a lunar-like landscape devoid of life for over 1,408 acres. Wow. 570 hectares. Um, While they say their research also shows that pollution plumes, so the weather has taken the dust and stuff, have contaminated 8 kilometres of coastline and 10 kilometres of the Cabanas River. Wow. Um, But in better news, shout out to the guys in the Philippines because it says here that um, two years ago the Philippines closed or suspended 17 nickel mines because of environmental concerns. So that's good. Yeah. Shows that people are saying, well, hang on, this ain't right. We're making money out of it, but this isn't sustainable. Mm. You know, it's there's a the, the the asbestos is in Canada, right? Yeah. The place asbestos is there. Yeah. They're changing. They want to change the name. And what a horrible illness asbestosis was. Yeah. You know, my dad was a miner, and um. I, I, you know, all of that side of the family were all miners. Stepfather was in in tile, all dealing with asbestos linings of stuff, and all ended up with lung disease. Yeah, ridiculous. The amount of people I know, I, I, it's just crazy to think that nothing's really changed. People are more worried about what comes out the back of an exhaust pipe yeah. than this. And and this isn't me being anti EV because I'm not. I'm definitely not. I'm a hundred percent behind it. It's it's a necessary change, but. You know, it has to be done safely. I mean, yeah. nobody, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna come and say, "Oh, you know, I need to get, I need to go, and I need to fly to the UK tomorrow." I'm just gonna quickly whip up a plane and get on it. You just wouldn't. It's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. You just, no, oh, I can't do that. I'm not gonna do that. And it's no different. You, you can't. We just, it, it's, it's impossible to understate how dangerous this stuff is. And I thought, you know. Thought we'd moved on from it. I thought we'd got on to a. Uh, you know, my eyes are open. I'm not stupid. We have to take resources from the planet. Yeah. But let's just do it a bit safer. The internal combustion engines were were, were going in the right direction. And and say what you will or what you want about diesel and all that nonsense with all the German brands, VW in particular. You know, the petrol engines were were as good. Yeah. And they were very very clean, and. I would take 20 years of gutless cars <laughs> over 200 years of just dealing with pollution from mining. I, I think there's the, the only challenge that we've got right now with our electric car, this momentum that's taken place is, and again, I don't think we go an episode without talking about Mr. Musk, who's unloading a lot of stock right now and, and making quite a bit of money. He sees the writing on the wall is what he does. But you, we've got a, a huge issue because we've got him who's, who's created a tipping point. We've now got all the big, the big old, you know, the big blues, you know, the ones we invest in, our, our blue chip stocks. They're all now reorganizing to make electric cars when really hydrogen is where they need to go. Yeah. And then hydrogen, because, again, you've got some issues with, with just the production of this. But, hey, it's coming. Once that is, is mainstreamed, then they're going to all have to pivot again, and this becomes and and hopefully, I hope that the guys who are doing this research and the gals that are doing this research, I hope that they're looking at their electric vehicles as a platform and saying, okay, we've already swapped out the way we're doing things. 
how how much of a reswap is it going to be to put a hydrogen fuel cell in? And I, I I think it's probably easier to go from internal combustion to hydrogen than it is to go internal combustion to electric back to hydrogen. The 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 battery issue is yeah. a problem, isn't it? Yeah, uh, which don't seem to be a problem with with, with the hydrogen fuel cell. No, and because hydrogen essentially runs like an internal combustion engine. Well, you basically you can still you use your hydrogen fuel cell to. <laughs> you, there's a lot of you see a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle can still run an electric motor in your car. So yeah. You don't need to have internal combustion with it. You can take a fuel cell out if they're standard size. You can take one out and fit one in. So f- refueling is a matter of seconds. Yeah. The storage of the hydrogen is, is is what worries people. But you know, so did storing petrol. Yeah. And people didn't want to go over twelve miles an hour on a steam train because they thought the human body would dissolve. So. You know, I mean, uh, this this is just part of moving on. But, you know, the, the storage is probably going to take away from the ability to then universal fit fuel cells um, because you can't dismantle a car to do to do that. And you're not saving any time, but you can just fill with hydrogen. It, yeah. you know, they, they, they've been doing it for a while. There's no reason to... The, the, the whole infrastructure of the, the world doesn't have to change for refueling. Now, that's not an excuse not to change... Don't change because then we don't have to change. Like that's not an excuse. But it's a sensible one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we we just what's the byproduct of hydrogen? Water. But you know, you've also <laughs> fresh got water. Fa- yeah, fresh water. Yeah, you know, and producing <laughs> hydrogens requiring energy and all this yeah, stuff yeah. and everything. I get it. And and yeah. but it's the most abundant element in the universe, and 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 it's everywhere. And like this is the time. This is the innovation to be researching on. Like yeah. honestly, this is piece of innovation because you you put hydrogen fuel cells and you start looking at this for more than just powering vehicles but what about trains and what about creating hydrogen fuel cell power plants in remote villages and suddenly you're kind of going oh hold on a second this this is getting more interesting by the minute yeah, I think, you know, hydrogen fuel cells is something we could probably do a full episode on. And we also and need to do a show on the oil that we keep talking about and oil changes and oil. Oil's dead. <laughs> no, no, hold on. I'm looking over here. I got I got buckets of Total here, right here. Yeah, we've got all sorts of oil there. Yeah. All we, sorts of it. Some, I mean, some real bad oil there, some real stinky oil. So we, need, we need to have a chat about that. Yeah. Um, sooner than later. Yeah, we do. But oil is dead and, and long live hydrogen. And there we go. That is a wrap. Another edition of PowerWorks with Glenn Power from PowerWorks Automotive. Hydrogen, Toyota Novas. We still didn't talk about oil, but that's coming up. Thank you very much for listening. Go and check us out. The other programs that we've got up online, whether you're looking at Potaholics with a K or the James Cast. And hey, take a meander over to YouTube. You can see us in action. Thanks again for listening. Share the link. So long for now.